Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Rich Martini back with us. Author, award-winning filmmaker Rich Martini has written or directed at least nine independent films. A former freelance journalist for Variety, Premier, and other magazines. A graduate of the Masters of Professional Writing program at USC. Flipside, A Tour's Guide to the Afterlife is his debut nonfiction book on a topic that's been haunting him since the death of a soulmate. After a dream vision of visiting his friend in the great beyond, Martini went on a quest to find out what the prevailing science and philosophical opinions of the afterlife could be. He journeyed into Tibetan philosophy, made documentaries in Tibetan India, eventually was introduced to the work of the Newton Institute, founded by renowned author and hypnotherapist Dr. Michael Newton. Welcome back, Rich Martini. Rich, and it was good seeing you at Contact in the Desert. <laughs> George, it was such a treat to see you, and it always is. I must say, you are you are so good at what you do. Watching you with a panel of like ten different people from all walks of life, you're, you're just you always cease. You never cease to amaze the audience because you really know, or it seems to appear that you know exactly what you're talking about. I hope I do. Did you like my jokes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, it, we also have to consider that you're a terrific actor. So. But at the same time, it was just really fun, and I, I learned so much. It was really a treat to be there. Well, it was good to see you there, and I told you we'd get you back on. I didn't think we'd get you this quickly, but here you are. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, listen, I just, I'm just i still working on this idea of talking to people on the other side. And it, listen, I love Nick Pope, and I love to hear, to hear what he said, but it, it brings to mind this question, if they can visit us, how do we visit them? And, and it sort of it dovetails into this idea of talking to people on the flip side. You know, your loved ones, yep. people who passed away. If they can visit us as ghosts or whatever, how do we visit them? And that's what that's really what how I got started in this research because my as you know you've mentioned my friend Luana Anders passed away back in 1996, and then she started showing up in dreams 
and and then appearing to people that I knew, and they'd say, "Well, you know, I saw Luana," and it. And I thought, well, wait a second. If she can come and visit me, how do I go and visit her? And that's what put me in this rabbit hole where I started filming people under hypnosis, like Michael Newton, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and his group, um, and talking, you know, it's seeing how they were able to access the between lives realm, the idea that we're all on stage while we're here during life, but then we go off stage. But then I also discovered, as you know, I've been working with a medium, Jennifer Schaefer, and I found that different mediums like her who work with law enforcement, they're like having a cell phone to the flip side. Yeah. You, you can ask people who are no longer on the planet, so what, what's it like over there? What are you doing over there? So, and it's a way of us connecting with them once they're gone. But most recently, I've been doing it with just simple guided meditation. I discovered that you don't need to do six hours of hypnotherapy. It helps, but just sitting down with somebody and asking them about some event that happened, it, it's like a gateway. And so let's say someone had a vivid dream, or let's say someone had an experience. Could even be, you know, an out-of-body experience. Could sure. be a UFO experience. Whatever that experience is, if it's vivid enough, you can use it as a key to access the memory of it. And, of course, sometimes when people will say, you know, I I was terrified. You know, I saw, a, I saw a creature in my living room, and I was terrified. And what I say is, well, let's freeze the frame of the memory as best you can. Just freeze it so there's no fear associated with it, and then turn it into a hologram so we can sort of move around the memory of it. And then once they're able to do that, I have them walk over to whoever this person is, and just ask the same questions. So um, Dr. Grayson's a friend, and he wrote this book called After. He's the doctor at University of Virginia who studied near-death experiences for so long. And in his book, he talks about how you can get objective data out of subjective experiences if you ask the subjects the same questions. So if you have 100 people who had a near-death event, and you ask all of, and that's why we know that only one to three percent of people who have near-death events, the ones who can remember them, have something negative happen. So, ninety-seven to ninety-nine percent of the people who have a near-death event have positive things happen. You yeah. see, yeah. and so this idea of using this subjective experience, whatever it is, as a as a hallmark, so that you can then access. What happened? And then what I do is I say, all right, let's ask this person that you're seeing the same questions. And by doing that, I found I could hone it down into a very simple meditation that anybody can do. I call it my Beatles meditation. Picture yourself on a boat, in a boat on a river. You know, the song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And I just have them do that. And, and the people who do that, and I say, okay, what's the boat look like? And then they picture whatever that boat is. And then I say, well, what's the river like? Sometimes it's a lake, sometimes it's a pond. And from there, then I say, okay, can I invite a loved one or a guide or someone to sit across from you in this boat? And by doing that, they're imagining, of course, they're pretending that they can see their loved one. But I go from there, and then I I ask the loved one the same questions. I, I ask, are you familiar with me? And, George, you'd be shocked how many people say yes, even though the person I'm talking to has never met me, has never read any of my books, 
I'm doing this on Zoom, by the way, Divine Councils. Cool. I had like 50 people do this on Zoom. They've never met me, don't know me. And I just say, uh, does your guide know me? And the guide will say, yes, we do know you. You're the troublemaker. You're the troublemaker, the You're instigator. The a lot of questions. Or, or they'll say, yes, and I'll, I'll you know, look, to be honest, the most thing that I've heard from guides is they say this is really valuable what you're doing. You're helping people on both sides of the veil to realize that we can communicate with each other. And that, to me, is really what it's about in terms of talking to other beings, whatever they are, whether they're guides or councils or, or from other planets, mm -hmm. is this telepathic communication. So you're not asking them to talk with music or talk with sound or talk with words or to understand their words, you're asking them to communicate telepathically. And according to the science at the University of Virginia, we all have filters on our brain that block our ability to access this information. And if we can bypass those filters, either through a near-death experience, perhaps out-of-body experience, hallucinogens, DMT, we've heard that, but also hypnosis and meditation are a way to just sidestep the filters. Some children don't have them until the age of eight. As you know, they remember past lives. They see relatives that nobody else can see. They're much better than adults do. That's for Exactly. Sure. But also, elderly, apparently, lose them just prior to passing. Seventy percent of the U.K. hospice workers say that their dementia patients suddenly regain their memories just prior to passing. And as Dr. Grayson put it in his YouTube talk, is consciousness produced by the brain. He said, it's as if the brains, their atrophying brains, are losing the filters. So they suddenly remember previous lifetimes or see people that others cannot. So it's these filters that George, you and I, have to figure out how to bypass so we can have these conversations with loved ones off the planet. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, 
only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Were you always a believer in the other side? Well, you know, it's funny because I remember asking my father, you know, Dad, are ghosts real? Now, I don't remember why I asked that, but he's like, no, they aren't. And so I just allowed that that was the case, that throughout my life when I did see them and I saw a lot of them, I just assumed, okay, it's something I made up. It's the pepperoni pizza I had last night, whatever. But when I started doing this research, I realized, oh, my gosh, my whole life, I've had very unusual, well, I'll give you one. I was in Sydney. Philip Noyce invited me over to see uh, his movie Newsfront, and I was staying at his house, And but he was in a hotel because he had sold the house, and so there was just a, a bed in there. And I woke up, and there was a guy hanging from the rafters. Hanging? Hanging by a noose. It had startled me awake, as you can imagine. Of course. And, and this guy then looked at me and said, because he saw me, and said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, mate. It's just something I feel the need to do. And then a ladder appeared underneath him, and he climbed down the ladder and pulled the rope after him as if it was a prop. And as it tumbled off the rafters, everything disappeared. So I had lunch with Jan Sharp, uh, Philip's wife at the time, and, and I said, well, hey, what's up with your ghost? She said, what are you talking about? I said, well... I saw this guy, he looked like a painter, and she said, well, our house painter did do himself in that way, wow. but he lived somewhere else, miles away. And I said, well, he must have liked your house, because he's still hanging around. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I, I, so I, I realized this happened to me more often than I care to admit, and all, all these times I used to dismiss it, but now, of course, if it happens, I don't. I, if I can ask the person a question who I'm, you know, if I can consciously dismiss my fear and say, what are you doing here? Who are you? Am I invading your space? Let's say somebody who's, I mean, I was, I was teaching film up at uh, Camden, Maine, the workshops, and I woke up one morning and there was a, I kid you not, a, a Algonquin or an Iroquois in full battle dress, dripping blood, had an axe and a knife in his hand. How does this happen to you? Yeah, and he was screaming at me in some language. I, I, you know, I assume his language. And he was very unhappy that I was sleeping there. 
you know, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, what was that? And so, you know, I slept with the lights on for a week that I was teaching, you know, this class. But late since then, I've understood that people, you know, who may have had a hard time passing, they might stick around a house that they were in or a place, location, you know, the mountain that they used to live in. Because outside of time, you know, once you're off into the flip side, time is completely different. Right. You know, people say 25 years uh, on Earth feels like five or ten minutes over there. So you can imagine a guy passed away 150 years ago, 250 years ago. It, to him, it feels like, you know, an hour and a half ago. And he's yelling at you to get out of his house. And you have to allow that, okay, I am in his house. I am in his space. You know, I'm. so anyway, my point is, don't have fear. Just ask if you can, if you can meditate on it, and just say, look, I'm going to remember this moment without any fear. I'm going to freeze the frame, and I'm going to see if I can ask this person a question. Are you a stranger? Are you a tourist? Or are you somebody who used to live here? And you just allow that the answer might be the case. I mean, the, you know, we don't know if it is. But like I said, if you get 20 people or 100 people and ask them the same questions, they can then take that subjective experience and turn it into objective data, which is what I did in, in Divine Councils in the Afterlife, where I had these 20 scientists who all agreed for this experiment. One was from Harvard. I've had neuroscientists, uh, different people, priests. They all agreed to do an hour Zoom session, not knowing what we were going to do. I just said it was going to be a guided meditation. And I just started in with picture yourself in a boat on a river. And within a few minutes, all of them, that's 100%. So as a sub, you know, as a data set, it would be abnormal to suggest that they couldn't do it. They all met their counsels, their guides. Some of them saw previous lifetimes. Some of them visited classrooms in the afterlife. And sometimes I interviewed the teachers of those classes. And in a couple of cases, the teachers said, Richard, we've met you before. You've been here before. And then I had to remember, oh, my gosh, you know, five years ago I interviewed somebody who told me about being in this class. <laughs> Mind-bending, George. It really is. It's something else. It's Would you consider fun, yourself a medium? Uh, <laughs> medium rare. Huh. More of an extra large. Uh, you did see me, you know, <laughs> in Indian well. Really, you yeah, looked good. You looked good. I'm kidding. You know, um, you know, it's that thing of labels. You know, we do lab we do tend to label things, and it makes it easier for us. I, you know, I've met a lot of psychics, let's say, and I always thought, well, that's you know, the future's not set. So saying that you can predict it seems a little out of league. But once I started doing this research into filters, I realized we're all mediums. Everyone's a medium. Everybody has different filters. The mediums I know that I work with, the ones who work with law enforcement, some are, you know, clairaudient, some are clairsent, you have all those clairs. But it just means that their filters are not the same, and they're slightly off for whatever reason. I've also learned that when you do a hypnotherapy session, it's like you're bypassing the filters, and then it's easier to do. So I've done six hypnotherapy sessions, you know, with Newton Institute trained. That's intense. Different ones. You know, and it's like four to six hours. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, that, and I was going to say, that's intense, doing six well, hypnotherapy you sessions. you know, the, this is why. The first time I did it, I, I did it because I thought I would prove that it was fake or false. Skeptical, jaded Hollywood dude, me. 
I thought, you know, the camera's not going to lie. But sure enough, that's not what happened. And after about four hours, I was, you know, telling of, I was experiencing what everybody else does. But then two years later, I was here in L.A., and my friend Scott DeTamble, um, who is a hypnotherapist, said, you know, why don't we try another one? And I thought, okay, maybe that first one was all made up, you know. So I said, great. And he started counting me down. And George, you got like three numbers in, and I said, you can stop counting. I'm right back where I was two years ago. Wow. But it's 20 seconds later. It's like, and because what had happened two years earlier was I went to visit my friend Luana, who had a recurring dream that she was in a classroom. But now here I am in her classroom, and I'm, and I'm, I, and she's startled to see me. This is how it happened. And I'm standing there in her class, giant auditorium. And she had passed by then, right? She had passed by then. And now I'm looking at her in the back row. She's about 20 years old with a ponytail. And she looks at me like, what are you doing here? And I look down at the front of the stage, and there's a 10-foot-tall green fellow. I won't call him an alien because I think we're all aliens because we all choose to incarnate. Could but be. he's a tall-looking fellow. And the whole class stops while I start talking to my friend Luana. They all stop and look at me. And it was so awkward. And I said to the hypnotherapist, this is weird. I'm talking aloud, but everybody can hear me in the class. So now here it is two years later. Scott starts, you know, counting me down. And suddenly I'm standing on stage with the teacher looking up at him with his very stern face. On a real stage. On a real stage, and she's, my friend Luana has me by the arm, and she's apologizing on my behalf to the teacher. She's saying, oh, this is my friend Richard. I'm so sorry he interrupted the class. This is embarrassing to me. You know, he's doing some kind of a project on Earth and whatever. And, I'm, and I suddenly, you know, it's like the Shakespearean nightmare. You wake up, you don't know what play you're in. I'm looking, and I'm thinking, and then this person, the teacher, looks at me and goes, well, what's your question? <laughs> like, it's, it's, I should be, you know, but thank God when, thank, you know, thank goodness when you do these sessions, your higher self is kind of aware of what's going on. And my higher self had about, you know, five or six questions and he answered them. So all I can say is that's a subjective experience. I had it. I know what it's like. But when I meet somebody else who says, oh, this is weird, I'm in a classroom and I'm, uh, there's a teacher here, and I say, well, hold on a second. Can, I, can you invite the teacher over? Can I ask the teacher some questions? And then I launch into the same questions. Have you heard of me? Uh, I, is this work familiar with you? Do you approve of it? What do you think about what we're doing? How do you become a teacher on the other side? Have you ever had a lifetime on Earth? Et cetera, et cetera. And by asking those same questions over and over, you get a data set of what people say. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.